to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Hey! Wow, good evening. I want to say good morning every time, but I... Uh have to catch myself. Um, my name's Megan. If you don't know me, I'm a pastor here at Seacoast Vineyard Church, um, and I love when I get the opportunity to come up here and share God's Word with you, and I'm so excited to be doing it out here. Um, it's very, very warm, and it reminded me of last summer. Those of you uh, maybe are friends with me on Facebook, I posted a picture Last summer, I took a few students to Mexico on a mission trip, and I had the opportunity, yes, we had the opportunity to visit a local church, and I got to share the message with that church, and it was outside like this, very similar and very, very hot. Um, But what I didn't share in that picture that I posted was that I was wearing a green dress before doing this, and that green dress turned to dark green because I was sweating so much. I had to go change before going to this church because I was like, I am so sticky. I'm so wet. This is disgusting. And so I hope that today, though, is as powerful as that moment was, but not as sticky and as sweaty and as smelly. Um, So we're not going to read the entire scripture that I have today because it is a lot. And so hopefully you guys have done your homework as I've shared as Pastor Tim has shared. Um, We're going to be in John 4 today, and we're going to read the story of the woman at the well. And so feel free to pull out your Bibles, open to John 4. Um, Try not to read the whole thing, though, while I'm up here, because then you're going to miss out on some good stuff. And then I'm also, we don't have any, we don't have any points today, because I want to do something different with you guys. Maybe you brought a journal if you're if you're a note taker, um, or you have your cell phone, and in your cell phone, if there's a place to take notes, pull them out, and I want you guys to make your own um, three bullet points, and then you're going to have an opportunity later this week to share them um, with our community on Facebook and talk about them and discuss them from what you think the three points from this message should be, okay? So feel free. If you're on your phone, I'm going to trust you. I don't always trust the students with their phones out, but I'm going to trust that you're not on Facebook, but that you're taking some notes, okay? So we're going to read John 4, the woman at the well. Um, when Pastor Tim asked if I wanted to um, share and who I wanted to share on, immediately the woman at the well came to mind. And I don't know if it's um, just with what's happening currently in the world or if it's because she's a woman and I'm, I'm excited to be a lady preacher. And so... I chose her because I think there's a powerful message behind her story, and we're going to look at that today. And so before we do, let's just pray, because I need some Jesus before we get going. And so, God, I thank you so much um, for today. God, I thank you that um, for the past six weeks or so that you've held the weather um, off, that you've allowed us to gather outside, um, that you've allowed us to come together in fellowship. And so, Father, I just ask that you would um, take these next few minutes and speak through me, God, that you would um, have already prepared the hearts and the minds of the people here to hear your word, God. And um, God, I just pray that as we sit maybe in some uncomfortable um, moments, Lord, that you would just um, pour out your grace on us. Um, God, I thank you. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So we see in this story 
the opening part of the story, Jesus and his disciples are traveling, and they're traveling from Judea to Galilee. And as they're traveling, it says in the story that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Um, But as I was kind of digging around in this, I found that that there's actually three different paths that people typically take when they're traveling from Judea to Galilee, and they don't they don't have to go through Samaria. And so we're reading this, and we see that it's it opens up and it says Jesus has to go through Samaria, and it's like okay, well that's not a big deal, right? But it's actually a huge deal because the Jews at the time, which are Jesus and his disciples, um, they by social standards, are supposed to hate Samaritans. And so Jews don't travel through Samaria. And so when we read this, we see already in the beginning of this story, okay, well, something's happening. Jesus says he has to go through Samaria. He has to go somewhere that he's not supposed to be going. And so they go through it, and we see that... He comes upon Jacob's well. If we look all the way back through the Old Testament, we find that Jacob's well is a significant um, place that God has moved over years and years. And so we find first that Jesus travels through a place that he's not supposed to go. And so we're going to say that Jesus was called to go to Samaria, right? The Holy Spirit is sending him somewhere that he normally wouldn't go. And he's going to a place that holds some significance. So he gets there, and he sees Jacob's well, and he sits down because it's it's the middle of the afternoon and it's hot. Uh, how many of you want to gather next Sunday at, at noon out here? Not, none of you? Oh, it'd be too hot, right? Okay, so imagine this is where we are. It's hot. It's the middle of the afternoon. Jesus comes to Jacob's well, and he sits down. And then next we find that a woman... A Samaritan woman walks on to walks up to the well to draw some water. Okay, so remember we just said it's the middle of the day. It's hot. And here comes a woman coming to collect some water. That's probably a, a, a hard task. She has to drop her bucket into the well. I mean, I've never I've never drawn water from a well. Maybe some of you have, but it seems like it'd be pretty challenging. Like you're going to break a sweat doing this. And so typically, the women, they would go in the morning or they would go in the evening when the sun has set or it's setting and it's a little bit cooler. So this woman, she's going in the middle of the day. It's hot and sticky. And so from reading this, we can tell something's not quite right. Something's not not quite right with this woman, because why would she go in the middle of the day when no one else goes? And it's like in every other story that we find, well, Jesus is there. And so, you know, something's bound to happen. And so this woman comes and she's probably looking at Jesus. She can recognize that he's a Jew by the way he looks. And she's she's thinking, okay, well, why is this Jew here? I'm a Samaritan, not supposed to really talk to each other. We're not, we don't like each other, so I'll, I'll just maybe mind my business. This is, this is why I'm picturing this woman. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus says, excuse me, could I have a drink of water? And I picture this woman going, me? Is he talking to me? And she says, me? You want to ask me, a Samaritan woman, for some water? And you know why she's so confused? 
She's so confused because Jesus not only crosses one social boundary, but he crosses two social and cultural boundaries right in that moment. The first he crosses is he crosses a gender barrier. Right, and so this woman... Back in, back in biblical times, men and women um, had very strict interactions. And so Jesus, all throughout scripture, we find that Jesus is referred to as rabbi or teacher. He was a Jewish scholar, someone that held a little bit of authority. And rabbis at that time, they weren't supposed to speak to women in public. And most certainly not someone that's not his wife. And so this woman's thinking, oh man, here is a man, a rabbi, and he's speaking to me, a woman? Something's, something's up here. And then the second he crosses, is he crosses an ethnic barrier. Right? A Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan woman. The Jews and the Samaritans, they hate each other. The Jews call the Samaritans half-breeds because back in Old Testament, they started to intermarry. They practiced different cultural and religious practices, and they didn't, they didn't think, they looked down on them. They thought they were basically the scum of the earth. And so here Jesus is, is he's crossing gender barriers and ethnic barriers just to talk to this woman. Now, if I were that woman, I'd be probably pretty shocked, and I'd be pretty confused, and I'd probably be thinking, what does he want from me? Well, he wants some water from his question. And so she says, well, well, why would you ask me, Samaritan woman, for some water? And Jesus, as Jesus does, he flips the question onto her, and he says, but if you knew... I'm sorry, he he, he flips the question because she knew, he flipped the question onto her and says, Jesus, I'm sorry, it is the heat, it's getting to my head, but that's okay, it's okay, God... I'm going to take it back. So Jesus Jesus crosses a gender barrier and an ethnic barrier. He risks his reputation to talk to this woman, and it just appears to be for a drink of water. And so I want you guys to take a moment. I'm going to take a moment. And I want you guys to think if Jesus is our example that we're supposed to be following, what boundaries are in our way that's stopping us from showing the love of Christ to others? And so maybe if you have your notes out, write that down and you can ponder that over the next few days. And so then they're back and forth discussing this, this water, literal water that they're pulling from the well. And, and she says, well, I want, I want some water. He offers living water to her. And she's still stuck on, well, you don't have a bucket to pull this water out of the well. What do you mean you're going to offer me some water? And Jesus says, no, no, I have living water. And he says in verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And immediately she says, I want that water. She's thirsty. She says, I don't I want that water because I don't want to have to return to this well again. She's thirsty for hope. She's thirsty for acceptance. Remember, she's 
at this well in the middle of the day. And so clearly she's been shamed by her community, which is causing her to go out when no one else is around. She's been rejected. We still don't really know the reason why she's there. But we do know that she's been shamed and rejected. And here's Jesus offering her living water. And she says, yes, please, I'll take it. And it seems like such an easy conversion, right? She just said yes to Jesus. And then Jesus gets a little weird. And he says, okay, I need you to go get your husband and bring him back here. She's probably thinking, oh, no. Right, we don't know. Well, we read that one. We read that one verse, and we're thinking, "Go get your husband." That's interesting. And in her mind, I'm wondering if she's thinking, "Should I lie to him? Should I tell him the full truth? What do I say? Am I angry? Am I feeling rejected again? Is he setting me up?" And so she kind of tells him um, a half truth, or she shares with faux vulnerability is is what I'm going to use. And she says, well, I, I actually don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five, and you now live with your boyfriend. She didn't share that with him. But he just called her out. And so we see this woman, she's had five husbands. And at this time, women depended on men. And so either she's been left, she's been rejected, she's been abandoned. Something has happened in these five marriages. Maybe they have, they have died, and so now she's viewed as cursed. Maybe she, she's promiscuous and is seeking after things to fill that thirst. But she's had five broken marriages and now lives with her boyfriend, which is why she's coming to the well in the middle of the day, because she has been shamed and rejected from her culture or from her community. And so she shares partly. Jesus says, no, no, I know you. I know what's going on. She's probably afraid now that Jesus, another man, is going to reject her. And so how does she respond? I think this is so funny. She says, oh, oh, I see that you're a prophet. Can you answer this really theologically hot topic for me real quick about worship? And and who are we going to worship? And where are we going to worship? And, And she just totally deflects. The truth that Jesus just spoke to her about her life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I'd pray pretty similar. If someone came up to me and shared the really deep, dark, ugly parts of my life, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, so uh, did you see the surf this morning? (laughs) So she she deflects it. She tries to distract him. So, so what's going on here is Jesus has crossed two boundaries, two barriers to go and speak to this woman. This woman is probably very uncomfortable. She's carrying a whole lot of weight and burdens. She's got a thirst for hope and acceptance. Jesus offers her this hope. She says yes. And then he gets a little weird, says go get your husband, calls her out. And she tries to change the topic. She tries to talk about something that's not so important in the moment. She diverts the attention from herself. And Jesus, I think it's so sweet because really Jesus is saying in this moment, and he's saying no. He's saying, I want you to go bring me that pain. Go bring me the deepest wound that you have. Go bring me your guilt. Bring it all to me. And I will fill that space with living water. But she tries to dodge it. 
right? And, and that right there, that story, that's us. We all have brokenness. We all have deep wounds and hurts in our lives. We've all been rejected. We all have need. We all have thirst. We've all acted out of these places of need and thirst, right? And that's, that's why sometimes we get angry or frustrated with people. It's why we lust after things we shouldn't be lusting after. It's why we seek perfection, right? Because not, not all deep wounds are created by something so terrible. Maybe we've set this standard for ourselves that we need to strive for. And so now we're acting out of this place of perfection, because we've been broken, born into a broken world, we all experience brokenness. We're all in the same playing field when we carry those wounds with us. And a lot of us, like this woman, decide to share and show vulnerability. Right? It sounds, it sounds good. It has the word vulnerability in it. So we go to our small groups or our friends. Hey, I really need prayer right now. I'm spending too much time on social media. Or, hey, I just lashed out at my wife and kids last night. I really need prayer for some peace, some patience. But what's really happening is I'm spending too much time scrolling through pornography sites. Or I have actually beaten my family last night because I was drinking too much. Or I have so much hate in my heart for this person that I talk about them behind their back and cut them down and bash them every chance that I get. But, but we, don't, we don't like to share that part of our lives with people because it's ugly. It's too much. And so we'll, we'll share the surface. We'll share the gist of it so we can get our prayers, but we won't share the real deep, broken, ugly parts of our lives. But Jesus says, he says, no. No, if you want that living water to flow out of you, out of those wounds, you need to bring it all to me. You need to bring me the deep, dark, ugly parts of your life to me so that wait, wells of spring water can pour out of you. That's what he's doing here with this woman. He's not saying, oh, you've, you've had five husbands, ooh, and you live with your boyfriend now. I don't know if you, you get the water. I don't know, actually, why don't you go back, get your husband, and, and maybe make things right, get married to your boyfriend, or, or figure things out before you get this water. He's saying, no, bring it all to me. You don't need to have it all together. Just bring it all to me. Let's talk about it. Let's go there, and let me heal you. Bring the deepest, darkest part that you want to keep hidden to me. So that way you can have eternal life of flowing water, your thirst quenched forever. Right, and, and like this woman, many of us, when those deep, dark, ugly parts of our hearts start to surface, or maybe maybe someone calls us out, maybe someone's like, hey, I saw you do this and it, it just, we need to talk about it. What do we do? We get defensive. We try to divert the attention away from us. It's what the Pharisees did all throughout Scripture. We see them throwing question after question to Jesus. Because if they can just find a reason not to believe, they're going to go after it. And so with the questions, we just divert attention away from what's actually really happening. Right? So, so here we are. And some, some of us are thinking, okay, I have deep, dark, ugly parts of myself. And someone maybe is asking you, hey, 
How you're treating your spouse, is, is that godly? Is that right? And what do we do? We say, oh, well, I, but I don't know if women should be in the pulpit. Or uh, let's talk about wage gaps instead. And they, they divert the question away from the heart of the matter. Or maybe in what's happening in the world right now, in the United States right now, someone, someone brings up the conversation of racism. And they say, hey, have you, have you searched your heart deep and long and hard to see if there is racism in your heart? And you say, well, but um, the Democrats and the Republicans, and I don't know about this, and what about welfare and, and government funding? And we don't even need to talk about racism because we can focus on all of these really hot topics instead. What about the pride that runs so deep in our hearts? Uh, yeah, that's too ugly to talk about. So let's talk about gun control instead. And now, I, I know some of you might leave and you might say, oh, Megan, Megan said none of these things matter. That's not the point. Because they do matter. And they matter to Jesus. Right? Jesus answered the question about worship. Who are we going to worship? These topics, they matter. They do. But what Jesus wanted first was he wanted her heart to be changed. Because when we have a changed heart, when we have a heart that we bring to Jesus laid out before him, our perspectives completely shift. Then we're able to enter in those conversations full of grace and full of Jesus. We're able to let Jesus lead us in those conversations. We're able to look to Jesus to give us the answers in those conversations. But we don't, we don't want to expose those ugly parts of our hearts. Because it's too hard. It's too painful. Someone might reject us. And you know what Jesus says? Because she starts questioning him again. She says, oh, oh, you, wow. Are you greater than, and then Jacob, than Elijah? And he says, finally, he says, I am he, I am the Messiah. This is the first time in scripture Jesus declares that I am. Back in Old Testament, we see God call himself I am because if who, who would call themselves I am? Why did he call himself that? Calling himself I am completely destroys all categories that people can place him in. God simply is I am. And so this is the first time we see Jesus refer to himself as I am. And he's referring to himself as I am to someone who was culturally, societally rejected, pushed off to the side, forgotten about. And he's declaring himself Messiah to her. And her life was changed and she runs back into town and she tells the whole town and so many people come to know Jesus because of that encounter. Because she was willing to sit there with him and Jesus went right for the heart the deep, dark wounds of her life, and she wanted to be filled with the water that would flow and bring life. Jesus knew who she was. Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew um, all of the ugly sins in her heart. Jesus knew she was a Samaritan woman and he shouldn't be talking to her, but he didn't care. He wanted to cross those boundary lines just to get to her to change her life. He wanted to heal and restore the brokenness inside of her. And he offered himself to her. And Jesus knows you too. 
Jesus knows those deep, dark, ugly things that you think about when you lay in bed at night and you're like, if someone knew this, man, if someone knew this, they would walk away. If someone knew this about me, they would ridicule me, they would reject me, they would make me walk to the well in the middle of the day. Jesus sees those parts. He knows them. And he's just waiting for you to come and bring them to him. And so we're going we're gonna to do that right now. Um, I thought it was really cool. Johanna opened up in prayer with us standing just with our arms and our hands out um, because that's how I wanted to close today. And so I'm actually going to ask you all, if you if you're, feel comfortable standing, to stand um, and just and place your hands out in front of you. Uh, it's going to be maybe awkward for some of you. It might be uncomfortable. But if Jesus starts speaking to you, try to listen. Try to let him move in your heart and try not to deflect and, and distract what he may be doing. So maybe as I was speaking, it's already come to your mind what this thing is in your life that you're like, oh gosh, I got to keep this hidden. I can't tell anybody. Even Jesus, Jesus shouldn't know about this either. And if you haven't thought of that yet, simply just ask God to bring it to the forefront of your mind. Ask him to bring that place in your heart that he wants to heal and move in. So as we stand here, Whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, I want you to just close your eyes and picture that thing in your hand. Feel the weight of it. Feel the dirtiness of it, the grit of it, the brokenness, the pain. you have the option. You get to decide. You can do nothing and you can continue to carry that wound, that pain, that brokenness with you. Or you can invite Jesus in to do the work. You can invite Jesus in to fill that need, to quench that thirst, to heal that wound, that brokenness. You can invite Jesus in to redeem that part of your life. And so go ahead. Drink the water that will flow from your soul. Let it refresh your heart. Let it fill you right here, right in this place. You don't need to be anywhere special. One more thing, and this is going to take maybe some some faith and some courage from you guys. Um, I'll ask a few of you to raise your hands in a moment, um, and then if you're not someone that's raised their hand, if you will go pray for someone that's raised their hand safely, wear your mask. You don't need to touch them. You just stand next to them and pray for them. Um, but the, the the first question I want to ask is if you have never had a relationship with Jesus and you're like this is really weird but maybe I'm crying right now and I feel like something's happening in my heart and I don't know what it is and I've asked Jesus to come and fill this 
wound in my life, this brokenness in my life, will you be bold and courageous and raise your hand so that we can come and join you in prayer? And then if you are also in the place where there is something so heavy in your hands and you are hurting and you are broken and you feel alone and you've asked Jesus, please, God, I've asked you time and time again to come and fill this. If that's you, I would love for you to raise your hand so that we can we can link arms and come pray with you. Not literally link arms, but come pray for you. And so please don't hesitate to get prayer from somebody today. I'm going to just let us hang here for a little bit and we'll worship um, and pray for each other as comfortably as you feel. But don't let being outside stop you from praying for one another. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.